Welcome to the first of our 10 with Zen interview series and thank you so much for joining today. Uh, Liz, you're the executive head teacher at Holy Trinity CV Primary in Calderdale and also consultant head teacher at Westminster Primary School in Bradford. You're a local leader of education. You're a pupil premium coordinator for West Yorkshire. You're a teaching school council sub-regional lead for West Yorkshire. And you are also a member of the DFB working group who wrote the Workload Reduction Toolkit in 2018. And I know you're really passionate about that. So we're really happy to have you here with us today. Um, this has been such a challenging year and the challenges haven't stopped yet. Um, so we're really interested to hear from you. What are the biggest challenges around teacher workload emerging this year? I think uh, one of the issues for us this year was that we'd really built up a, a, a system where we were lots of schools were working um, on workload. Um, I think the latest statistics were something like 48% of schools were working on workload reduction, or as I like to call it, doing less, better. It's not about necessarily reducing workload per se. It's about school improvement, doing less, better. And one of the outcomes is reduced workload. The irony is I was actually uh, in London on uh, a session looking with the DfE at some feedback from some uh, projects that uh, were taking place when we got the, the news that there may be schools closure. And, and what's continued to happen then around this year, certainly from the schools that I've uh, had the privilege of working with, uh, I've been indebted to those head teachers to continue on their workload reduction journey, uh, even at such a difficult time. But the main things really, obviously, we've got crisis management. Uh, certainly at senior leadership level, a lot of crisis management. Uh, from a teacher level, that really, really difficult uh, issue of doing your own planning as normal and planning in, in all the schools that uh, I've been commissioned to work with this academic year, they've all had planning that has been an issue before uh, the, the pandemic and it's been exacerbated. Uh, you're expected as a class teacher to have your planning done and to have your home learning work ready that, you know, at the drop of a hat, you, you resort to that. So I think certainly a big issue around planning. And then what I've seen this year um, is an increase in people talking about general admin. Um, and for different schools, that means different things, whether it's primary or secondary school, but a number of more administration things that have come up this academic year where they may not have been before. And that's not at the fault of any leadership team. It's just the nature of the situation we're in. There's more communications um, on Teams, for example. You know, who knew uh, how Teams was going to take us forward? A great communication tool, but uh, does then pose some additional workload issues. That's so helpful. Thank you, Liz. So it's, it's interesting that planning is one of the things that's really standing out there as being a, a big issue for teachers and completely understandable. So how can head teachers and governors work jointly on a strategic approach to helping support workload management at this time? And I think the key word in that, that Helen, is strategic. Um, there is a strategic approach to this and I think a lot of it comes down to expectations. I think governors uh, need to have it very clear what the, the vision is for, for reducing workload for their teams and particularly for, um, for senior leadership teams in terms of what governors themselves expect because some schools that I go into do talk about governance actually as an area that increases workload um, and I think it's about governors being aware of what they're asking for from the school and therefore what then senior leaders ask uh, from their teachers uh, and about prioritizing merely um, you know a number of head teacher reports 
can run to pages and pages, but actually, from a strategic point of view, governors really need to know, you know, what's going really well with the school, um, where maybe they're exceeding expectations, and what are the challenges, what are the concerns, and, and what are the school doing about it to, to address those. Um, I hear too many stories from uh, schools where they're saying, well, my governors want to know this, my governors want to know that. Well, really, in terms of strategic direction of the school, that's not really required. Um, I think it does need to be a joint approach that the, it comes from governors. Uh, governors are, after all, responsible for the well-being of all staff, including the head teacher. Um, so it's important that they're fully aware uh, of that and work very much together to prioritise the needs of the school. That sounds like a really sensitive conversation, though, when you need to say to governors, actually, you're adding to my workload in a way that's unnecessary. How would you start that conversation, Liz? Well, I think fortunately, the National Governors Association um, have been really supportive. They've produced uh, a well-being audit um, and therefore it kind of removes a little bit of the emotion out of it and a little bit of the personalisation that you can actually look at it from an objective uh, way. So I think that's a really good starting point for any head teacher that thinks that it could be a tricky conversation with their governors uh, would be starting with that NGA toolkit. Uh, that's really great advice and there there are regional leads aren't there with the National Governors Association so you can go to your regional support around that definitely and national leaders of governance of course at, at the at the immediate time there are national leaders of governance that are available also yeah that's really good advice thank you for that so one of the really challenging things about this year has been changes in guidance um, managing uncertainty which is emotionally very challenging for us um, how is how is the changing guidance and managing the uncertainty and the the kind of stress that goes with that impacted on workload management liz i think realistically talking to senior leadership teams it's been about the short notice sometimes with changing guidance and we all understand that the changing nature of the whole pandemic so we understand that but it's really really difficult um, i've been talking to head teachers this probably moves more to i suppose well-being as opposed to workload and it is that um, the concern, the worry, what if, has the guidance changed, have I missed a bit? Um, I think I counted 41 changes of guidance in three weeks back in June um, and that obviously poses a number of issues and I think in terms of workload management it's been more important forever for, for colleagues to work together Head, head teachers to work with their peers. Um, I know uh, I read one of the uh, DFE blogs that a secondary head teacher had written and, and she'd put more than ever WhatsApp head teacher groups um, are absolutely brilliant because there's that constant communication and sharing of best practice. And I think where there are really good models of groups of head teachers working together, we have seen that sharing of practice. Um, you know, here's my risk assessment for opening, here's a blank performer for evaluating remote um, learning. And the more that we can do that, we can support one another. And I think the other thing is we need to really make sure our communication protocols uh, are in place. Uh, whenever I go out to a school with, even if communication doesn't come up as one of the top three for teachers when they're talking about workload, uh, we talk about a, a communication protocol in school that does give the expectations with teams, how many channels there are, which channels you're expected to respond to and in how, how quickly. And I think for me, that's the, the challenge has been the, the rate of change and the rate of communication. And we need to be looking at those protocols uh, to, to address that issue. That's, that's really helpful. Thank you, Liz. Um, so we've talked about the strategy, we've talked about governance issues. 
Um, I'm interested to know because I know you are. I know you are really kind of concerned about the very practical day-to-day issues at your school as well. So we'd love to know some of the really practical solutions that you've been able to put into practice at your school. Yeah, I, I, it always makes me laugh this one because I, I we do um, uh, an activity whenever we go out into schools. We do the Room 101, of course, which is the television programme where you put something in that you never want to see again. I think we'll all be putting COVID in, in Room 101. Um, but one of the things that, that we, we've started to realise is that there are some quick fixes. So whilst a lot of workload reduction is about strategic and it's about whole school improvement, there are some things in pretty much every school uh, that we would put into room 101. In the workload reduction toolkit, there is, uh, it's called keep, ditch, tweak. You have to uh, really make, get your teeth around those, those words. It's things like the children coming to school in PE, their own PE kit ready for the days they do PE. At primary, uh, from a hygiene point of view, we're pretty much all right uh, with the children coming in their PE kit. And I've heard schools say that that is a legacy of the current situation that they're going to continue because less time is lost through getting changed. Um, I keep banging on about communication, but, you know, Teams uh, and Zoom for, for, for a number of schools has been a really practical solution to getting messages to people quickly. Uh, staff briefings um, via Teams have never been better. Um, talking to schools, saying more people log on, even when they're at home and about to start work. And whilst that might not be completely in keeping with, with workload reduction, if you're a member of staff that is concerned that you're not always up to date with things, then that is a way uh, to, to, to keep in touch. Staff as well, um, making sure that there's practical solutions there um, in terms of their own getting changed for PE, not doing things for doing things sake. Um, I use an example that I was in one school and they were talking about why they did a particular thing around data. And the conversation went around the whole room and it went to the head and the head said, I don't know why we do it. And it's about not just doing the things we've always done because we've always done them. I was in another school talking about policies and we were saying, actually, in this pandemic, we haven't used any of these policies. Do we really need all the policies we've got? Let's go back and look at our policies and we'll be better off having a, uh, I know lots of schools have staff handbooks or non-negotiables or expectations which don't need updating as often as a policy. If you've got a policy, you've got to update it. It's on your website. Um, whereas actually, if you don't have one in the first place, you don't have to keep updating it. Um, and I think really it, it's some of those things that are going to be a legacy. And, and using our school websites, um, we, we've, we've talked about snow days and boiler days and, and fixed term exclusions when, when children are excluded and we have to provide work. Having that uh, system now where home learning goes on the website we're never going to have to worry at short notice again about some of those things. So I think there are some legacies of the situation we've been in in the last uh, few months that we can take forward to support us when we get back to normal. Although I think the phrase is back to better, we should be uh, aiming for now. That's a really nice uh, idea as well, back to better rather than back to normal, isn't it? Okay. Um, and I really like the idea about, actually you're talking about um, a culture of curiosity, Jim Collins would call it, wouldn't he, from good to great, you know, actually maintaining that curiosity and actually, do we really need this? Is it really the right thing for now? Yeah. Um, and I know I quite often say to people, um, inquiry over advocacy, you know, inquiry over advocacy before we advocate for, yes, but we've always done it this way. Let's just inquire ourselves and make sure that's definitely what we need to do. 
Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Liz, thank you so much. It's always great to talk with you. Uh, you always bring so much joy and effervescence with you. So mm-hmm. you always bring enormous amounts of hope and encouragement, which is lovely. Uh, we wish you and your colleagues every success in a better 2021. Thank you so much. Thank you, Helen. <laughs>